You're locked into 168 FM and are listening to or watching, if you're on YouTube, The Paula and Joe Show. Season 2, Episode 8. In case you're tuning in for the first time, here's a quick rundown of what you need to know. It's 24 minutes of raw business analysis and change talk. Time-boxed, unedited riffing. And when the countdown timer buzzes, we are done. I'm Joe Newbert, and as always, I'm joined by my BAFF, Paula Bell. How's it, Paula? Would you please tell us what's up in this episode? Hello, Joe. It's going well. It's a little bit chilly over here in Iowa, but it's going well. Hopefully you're doing well as well. I'm feeling a little worn, actually. I think it's that time of year. Oh, then that's the perfect, this is the perfect conversation for you today because we're going to be talking about beating burnout, which again is a perfect time of year because I think this is the time of year with the holidays coming and everything that people start to feel a little bit burnt out. So that's our topic for today. Okay. Yeah. And this theme of optimal self that we've got, I mean, to be this, to be it, we have to apply some pressure to ourselves, right? We need to be performing, setting high targets, exceeding expectations. But sometimes I guess we might push ourselves too far. We risk overstressing ourselves physically and emotionally. And as I said, yeah, I'm feeling quite worn. So who's joining us today, Paula, to talk about, talk to us about beating burnout? Well, today we have Marjorie Daniel joining us. And Marjorie is a professionally certified coach that's accredited through the International Coaching Federation. She mentors on the ACC and PCC courses at UCT Center for Coaching. And the clients she currently serves are spread across the globe. She supports CTOs with burnout prevention. She also worked in corporate multinational companies for 10 years in the logistics, retail, and FMCG industries. She worked closely with people from across the African continent and traveled to many of the African countries to implement technical solutions that were developed with the support team across the world in places like Dubai, Dublin, and even New York. I had to mention New York because that's where I'm from. So even New York. And in 2018, she left corporate to start coaching full-time. She took a year sabbatical and she traveled the world. She went to places like India, Sri Lanka, Peru, North America, to name a few. And it was the best gift she could ever have given herself. She's an avid lover of the ocean. She surfs, scuba dives, free dives, and swims as this brings her so much joy. She also loves trail running, hiking, and traveling. So you are definitely into fitness and you're definitely into doing things that give you joy. So welcome to our podcast slash blog, Marjorie Daniel. Thank you so much, Paula and Joe. <laughs> and it's great, it's great to have you here. Thanks for joining us, Marjorie. Um, something that Paula didn't mention in your bio there, which I only spotted after you kindly agreed to come on this uh, pod, but that is that you're a BA for about four years, right? So, so you'll know the sense of business pressure and the stress of project work that um, we, we sort of face. Absolutely. And I worked in the retail as well, which is incredibly stressful. Within the retail space, the advertising and marketing space within that, which is <laughs> those areas are incredibly pressurized. So, yes, I'm used to the very fast pace of um, pressurized environments. Okay, awesome. Hmm. 
Well, this is the perfect the perfect person to have for this conversation because you understand being a BA and you understand burnout. So let's start with that. What is burnout and what are the warning signs of burnout? Okay, um, I can just go into exactly, you know, what the World Health Organization actually states burnout to be, which is quite concise. So um, it's a result from chronic workplace stress um, that has not been successfully managed. Um, it's characterized by three dimensions, and that's feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental uh, distance from one's job, and lastly, feelings of negativity and cynicism related to one's job and reduced professional efficacy. So that's uh, what burnout is. In terms of the warning signs of burnout, um, there are quite a few. I would say the first thing, personally, um, I have experienced burning out. Um, I was a bit of a slow learner. It happened three times. <laughs> and uh, But one of the things that happened every single time was people around me would start commenting on the amount of hours that I was working and my stress levels. So I'd say the very first thing is listen to the people around you that care about you, both colleagues, family, and friends. Um, but other than that, the other warning signs to look out for is tiredness that does not necessarily um, go away once you've slept. And um, so a persistent sense of tiredness. Um, loss of enthusiasm for things that brought you joy before. So for me, I really love the ocean. Um, and uh, during those times, I would not go to the ocean at all. I wouldn't surf, I wouldn't scuba dive. Um, so losing that sense of, of um, excitement about things that excited you fundamentally before, um, as well as work. If you were very passionate about your job and all of a sudden you, you're just feeling exhausted and you're not quite sure what you're doing there, and that's a very good sign. And also um, the reduced ability to produce the outputs that were previously really easy for you to do. So perhaps before you were, a you were a top performer and it was easy for you to get into flow and you produced a lot of work. Whereas when you hit burnout, um, all of a sudden that kind of output is no longer possible. Um, I would also say um, anxiety and worrying. If you, if you are waking up in the middle of the night, uh, you know, 2 a.m. thinking about work, the, the chances are big that you, you're heading into um, uh, a situation with, with, with too much stress and not managing the stress that, that you're under at the moment. And then also sleeping problems. This is something I find in many, nearly every single one of my burnout clients have got issues around sleeping. You know what I find interesting on something you said is loss of enthusiasm for those things that brought you joy. And the one thing we consistently hear is when you are stressed out, anxious or whatnot, go do those things that give you peace, that give you comfort, that give you zen, right? And if you can't even do that, because those are the things that bring you joy, how on earth do you manage through that from a burnout perspective? Because it's almost like I now don't even have an outlet. I used to have an outlet, but nothing that was my outlet now is bringing me any source of joy, any sort of peace. So how, how do you get out of out of that and get back at least some of that joy so that you can decompress and de-stress? 
That is such a good point, Paula. I think is exactly that. It's the, the, the core of it is not allowing ourselves to experience joy, feeling often guilty, um, you know, because you feel that you're not performing. And um, perhaps that could be a sense of underperforming or you're putting so much pressure on yourself to have a certain quality of output that you're in a way punishing yourself, I guess. Um, by, by not, not allowing yourself to feel any joy by cutting off activities that you really love um, but yes so how do we get back to that is the setting boundaries um, is the very first thing sometimes it can be really hard to do this um, but there are ways um, that I normally work with clients in terms of that I, I really get un underneath what boundaries mean to people um, so looking at your values and how your day-to-day -day life really comes into alignment uh, with your values. Often I find with burnout clients that these two things are completely misaligned, not consciously, but unconsciously. Let me give you an example. Um, let's say a CEO of a company is really um, motivated by actually providing work for the people within their company and they deeply care about you know having a sustainable future for that company and employing people those people consistently within their company however um setting the tone by themselves working an 80 hour week are they not realizing that everyone else is looking up to them and thinking that that this is the standard that they have to maintain to have the adequate amount of performance and so that ceo's value might be caring for people but in, in reality what's happening is um the people are following their example and it has a huge impact so i i, I look at values and values often help with setting boundaries um and then also something that is absolutely critical is looking at your support structure um, and that, that's often the people that go hiking with you or go surfing or scuba diving or walking or swimming or whatever it is. <laughs> um, going to the gym, you know, it's, it's always better to do exercise with someone else um, and uh, or work, walking any kind of journey with someone else. And so I find this tends to be a big area um, where even though the people do have support, they're, they're not aware, they're not very aware of it and there's also some kind of an emotional um difficulty in asking for support and um, sometimes they feel that that it's not it's not appropriate or um, when they do ask for support they ask for a lot of support from one person instead of spreading it out across the entire network of support and mm -hmm. um, and then also I'll just say two other things. The one is prioritizing exercise. It is so important to exercise. Um, there's a caveat to this is exercise can also be used to burn yourself out. I've seen many people who have used it as a way to punish themselves. I'm unfortunately one of them as well. <laughs> so um, can have another side to it. And lastly, I'd say um, letting go of that sense of perfectionism, which especially as a BA and when you're yeah. coding, um, there has to be a sense of perfectionism because the code requires it. Um, so trying to let go of that absolute sense of perfectionism is, is something that many will support many people with um, getting out the other side of burnout. Yeah, perfectionist tendencies and... Um 
you know, procrastination, analysis, paralysis, all, all of those words with BAs. Um, you, you covered a lot in there. And, and, and I want to sort of go back maybe two, two or three places there. When you, you were talking about um, losing interest in things and the way you were describing it, I was being reminded of the sort of symptoms of depression. And I just wondered, is there, is, is there a, a, a close relationship between, between depression and burnout? Because I wouldn't necessarily put those two together. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I actually have a doctor client that I'm coaching at the moment um, because the medical profession is just rife with burnout at the moment. And we were talking about exactly this topic today is uh, the likelihood of people being diagnosed with depression when what they actually struggle struggling with is burnout. The symptoms are very similar. So if you look at energy depletion or exhaustion, mm. you know, mental distance from your job, um, negativity and cynicism, those are all indicators of depression Yeah, and wanting to sleep a lot, Yeah, you know, because people are actually tired. Yeah. Those well, are the symptoms of depression. Yeah. Well, that's what I was seeing. I was seeing this overlap and thinking, well, if, you know, you sort of cry for help and it's sort of, sometimes it might be difficult to determine which you have, and then you might be being treated with meds for something that's actually burnout, which, which is obviously not going to be very helpful. Um, okay, so that, that covers that. Um, and, and you talked about support. Okay, so um, I feel like you, you touched on the answer to this question a little bit, but but I want to ask it more explicitly. So you talked about listening to the people around you, right? And like, they might be just letting you know that they're seeing a few little warning signs in you, and perhaps you need to take a look at yourself. And you talked about um, top performers and it being tough to admit that you're almost beaten. I guess it could be easy to see burnout as something that's beaten you if you're a top performer and you're taking pride. And it might be something that you push even harder with because you're trying to beat the burnout and you don't want the burnout to beat you. Um, so it might be a bit like admitting defeat. Or for some other people, it might be that you feel that you're letting other people down. Um with with the burnout so so i guess the people are going to respond differently but but let's say other people haven't given you a, 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 any indication or, or seen the warning signs in you how do you tell people i mean what's the best way to actually say i'm very sorry i need to put the ball down i need to step away from this because i actually can't carry on right now mm -hmm. i i um, have, have stepped away from many situations myself um, recently and through the last year because I realized that, uh, you know, self-awareness is, is so incredibly important for people that have had burnout before because you get into a little bit of a cycle. You're, you just put too much uh, hay on your fork. <laughs> so, so knowing um, how much capacity you have, how much energy you have is so important. And um, so how, how, would you, how would you do that and how would you approach that is um, I always go into, let's say, a group that I've, I've created for a certain purpose um, and then the group comes to a natural kind of conclusion, but people have a fear of letting go. For instance, I would then, you know, say, you know, we can stay in this group if, if, if you want to, but I'm going to be stepping out as the the you know the coordinator of this group because um you know i have other priorities at this point in time so I, I firstly i would not actually apologize um i find this is something that we do when we're uh when we have a lot on our plates 
Um, but uh, I, I would actually just be very clear about the goals, the reasons. So as when I go into new ventures, I'm very clear about what I want as the outcome and I make sure that I uh, communicate that explicitly right up front. Um, and then once those outcomes have been concluded, um, I would then in a really kind way, <laughs> try and renegotiate, you know, um, the, the ways of working. And if that doesn't uh, fit in with my, the stage of life that I'm in at the moment or the stage of business development or whatever it might be um, at the moment, um, I would then exit that and, and just tell the people, okay, this is, these were the objectives for setting up this, this specific group. And, um, you know, we've come to a kind of a natural conclusion of this. Normally people are, are aware of that in any way um, and then then just step out of that and say okay I will no longer be participating in this but please do stay in touch on a one-on-one -on -one basis or you know if they want to meet up ad hoc during the year so I'd leave it open for for whatever it is that I feel comfortable with but I'd make sure to to end the um, the engagements um, that you know, that, that are no longer suiting me. I hope that answers your question. Well, I, I'm going to push you. I'm going to push the button a little yeah. bit more, actually. Just, just, just be, so, so, so let's take a scenario of somebody at work, right? Mm. In a corporate environment, they're, they're in a department. There's a thousand projects like running around the building. There are teams of people working together. There's deliverables and uh, solutions to mm. produce. And you're, you're a part of that. So, so you almost can't like negotiate in quite the same way that you were just describing and say, I'm just going to step back from this project for, for a little while, if you, if you don't mind. You sort of have to probably be a little bit more upfront and say, I'm not coping. You know, that's probably the conversation. You're probably having that conversation with your boss or you might be confiding in somebody close to you. But, but in a sort of typical corporate work environment, how can I let people know that that the insane pressure and the burning fires and all of that sort of merry-go-round that we're on is just yeah. becoming overwhelming. So, um, so I can, I'll be very direct with you in how I coach people that are in exactly that position. So what tends to happen is um, people are in what they call a drama triangle. Okay. Okay. The drama triangle consists of three role players, um, the victim, the persecutor and the rescuer. And often the person that is um, struggling with burnout, they're the rescuer. They're rescuing the situation, often the project. Yeah. <laughs> and what they're doing is they're overextending themselves. But what happens is they step into, you know, they start um, exhibiting victim behavior because now they don't have any time with their family. And they, they, they're basically offering, especially if they're single, they, they're offering up their, their social lives. If they're married, they're offering up a lot of the time that they have with their families. Um, so it, it, really what's happening is they, they're um, going round and round in the drama triangle, and this is exhausting. And once they know which role player they're playing within this drama triangle, they can use the language of this to then communicate to their um, colleagues, their boss, and so forth, to say, you know what, this is what's happening as a result of this project. Um, these are the consequences that are happening in my life. And it's just not, it's not feasible in the long term for me to continue working like this. Is there, will there be a deadline? <laughs> you 
you know, it's not feasible to do 80 hours a week of work. And when there's another, when the, you know, the, the hours that are required that need to be put in must be, requires another resource, that request should be given um, sooner rather than later. Because what I've realized is many people will do the job of three people. And then the person resigns because they're burnt out. They say, I can't do this anymore. I leave. And then they employ four other people <laughs> to do their job. True story. But, but they, don't, yeah, they don't speak up early enough. Yeah. And those that I have caught that speak up early enough, we normally uh, improve their communication skills, make them very aware of where they are within this triangle that's causing a lot of energy drain from them. Um, and then um, learning how to really communicate courageously with the people around them about their own needs. I need support. I need another person for this. You know, it might not happen immediately, but it will probably happen within three months if you're if you're very balanced in the way that you're delivering this message to the and you're doing it to the right people, not only the people that you think have authority over you, but to you know all people that have authority within the organization. So um, people do not want to lose good resources, and they often do because the resource doesn't communicate. Mm. Yeah, no, spot on. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely true. I mean, I've I've seen people in that position where they actually have spoken up and said, "Look, this is too much work. You got me doing the work of three people, but this is the thing. They keep doing the work." So I'm like, "Stop." actually doing the work because the more you do it it just shows them you can do it so you're actually enabling the behavior of having to do that work all the time right and people don't ever want to say no but no those that two letters that's very powerful you know to say no but as we talk about the the burnout and you've given us so much great information on the signs what it is how do you engage support when needed how do we recalibrate ourselves after burnout? So we've gotten the support we needed. We, we're moving past the burnout. We figured out, we've done our self introspection and self reflection, and now we're ready to continue on. We've got that energy back. How do we recalibrate ourselves after going through that phase of burnout? Hmm. So, you know, I, I would say um, the most important thing is not to lose sight of sustainable long-term performance this is a marathon it is not a sprint <laughs> you know, unless you want to only have a two-year career <laughs> you know this is a long-term game and so uh -huh. um i like to use the analogy of a backpack you know just saying okay so you've got a backpack on and you were going on this big adventure. There's a lot of change and we don't know where the destination is. We don't know who will join us on it. Um, how heavy is that backpack? Is there some of it you can put down? And mm. um, maybe just take it off and pack it out and let's analyze what, what you've got in there. And using the 80-20 principle, just the Pareto principle saying maybe 80% of it you don't need right now. And what are the things that are absolutely essential for you to be able to move forward and um you know if you think about traveling you need a phone you know so we need to be able to communicate um we need to be able to have connection with other people we need nutrition and food <laughs> we need the appropriate clothes so you know the good shoes and <laughs> the basic things <laughs> exercise you know 
So those, and it really, with burnout, it comes down to the basics. A sleeping, what, are you sleeping okay? You know, how's your nutrition? All of those things. So um, I would say to recalibrate and make sure that they don't get into the burnout cycle or continue with the burnout cycle, it's um, be aware of what's in your backpack and what you're choosing to take on this journey with you. Yeah, it, it, it reminds me, it's a similar concept, um, uh, sort of if you get retrenched or, or lose your job in some way. Um, obviously, you've got a number of household expenses, and the idea is to actually drop down to the bare minimums. So you don't do a gradual, like, let's unpack. You just cancel everything you can cancel so that you can last as long as possible. And here it's the same principle, right? You just need to, like, be minimalist on this, like, get it down to the bare minimum of what the things that you need to carry and then slowly build up and, and put a few more things in your backpack as you, as you get stronger again. And I think that's very, um, very handy advice. Um, I don't know if you hear the, the buzzer, unfortunately. Um, it, it does this every time. Um, it is just how it is. But um, but yeah. Joe, 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 can, can I break something really, really quick? I, I know go we're at 24, it. but I oh, have to say it. this. I just have to say this. I don't know if you are familiar with Erica Badu. And yeah. when you started talking about, okay, so she's a, a, a R&B singer and she yeah. has a song called Bag Lady. And yes. the verse of the song that I think is so vital to what you just said, it says, bag lady, you're going to hurt your back, dragging all them bags like that. I guess nobody ever told you all you must hold on to is you, is you, is you. And then she goes into the story of how you need to pack light. And that song has mm -hmm. been a song forever. And it just resonated. It came to me when you said that with the backpack. That is exactly what her song is talking about. We need to stop carrying all of this baggage and make it lighter so we can actually do the things that we need to do. So I know we were at the 24 yeah. minutes, but I just had to put that in there. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, I mean, <laughs> how serendipitous that, that that song and the advice. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Thank you, Paula. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Right. We're, we're going to get your social details in a moment, Marjorie, but I know you, you sort of got a couple of, you've got actually a long list of books. Um, I'm happy to drop them all um, into the show notes so that people can get links and click through and, and see if there's any that, that they think they want to read. Um, so you're welcome to tell us all seven, or you can just pick a couple out for us now of which ones you think are going to be most relevant based on the conversation that we've had. Do you want me to remind so you of them? <laughs> okay. Yes, please. <laughs> I, can, I can do that. I'll I'll just run through the seven quickly, and then you can you can tell us a little bit more about which ones mean. So there was peak performance, stealing fire, the myth of normal, scattered minds, essential spirituality, step by step self com self compassion, and uh, TED Talk fear setting. Okay, so I'd say fear setting the TED Talk is absolutely critical. Um, it's really, really helpful. Um, uh, the Myth of Normal, I'm actually busy reading at the moment with Gabor Mate. That's an incredible book. And for all the BAs that are listening, um, you might really enjoy Scattered Minds, uh, which is an incredible book about ADHD um, and uh, the, uh, the potential healing for that. And I think it comes a lot out in burnout um, as well. Okay. Interesting. Right. Um, yeah, we will put all of that in the show notes um, 
yeah, so that people can click through. Paula, over to you. Well, thank you once again, the phenomenal Marjorie Daniel. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You gave us so much great information from the definition of burnout um, and how it's an energy depleter and how you have that mental distance and negative feelings to some of the signs of tiredness, anxiety, losing enthusiasm. I'm not going to forget that losing enthusiasm for the things that you once loved. You just don't have that. How it's important to set boundaries unapologetically. Don't apologize for them and having that support structure, but also taking care of the body. And we've had a conversation about that. Joe is into exercise. I'm a group fitness instructor as well. So we, I love that bringing that up and how depression and burnout symptoms can be so intertwined and they can be so cohesive that sometimes you don't even realize it. But thank you so much for all of those gems. We appreciate it. And for people who want to connect with you, find out more, continue this conversation with you, where they can, where can they find you to stay connected? So um, I've got, uh, so my website is www.toolsfortrailblazers. Actually, that's a Facebook page that I'm quite active on and um, that there's a community uh, where I post lots of my complimentary masterclasses and so forth on. Uh, my email address is Marjorie at Marjorie Daniel. That's M-A-R-J-O-R-I-E and Daniel, which is d-a-n-i-e-l dot c-o dot z-a um, on LinkedIn you can find me at innovative Marjorie Daniel um, and on Instagram I'm on Marjorie um, underscore Daniel underscore and I'd be happy to to chat to anyone who wants to reach out just send me a message fantastic yeah I'm sure people will be uh, keen to get in touch um, but uh, thanks for joining us on the pod, Marjorie. We really do appreciate it. And thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your support too. You can subscribe to the Paula and Joe Show on your pod player of choice, be it iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Amazon Music and more. If you enjoy the show, then please help pass the pod by leaving a five-star rating. And that's not a vanity request. It helps put the podcast in front of people just like you. You can follow at 168FM on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And of course, you can keep the riff going too by leaving your comments over on the blog at 168.FM. That's the words 168, not the numbers. We'd love to hear your take on keeping burnout at bay. Marjorie, Paula and I will join you there. Until then, take care and keep growing.